Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast, hosted by myself, Ryan Walker. It's been an absolute pleasure. The sun is not out yet. We're stuck in May. Sun hasn't even out yet. It's devastating. But the good news is I went for my first night out last week since the lockdowns finished. The pubs were open. So, of course, I was in there getting on it. It was good fun. Good fun. I am now a gin drinker. I've been converted to gin. And I woke up for the first time in about, I don't know, 15 years. I didn't have a hangover. So I'm really impressed with myself. That is an amazing thing that's happened in my life. I don't care what you say. But anyway, without me talking about Mike's massively successful social life, um, today's guest, I am joined by the extremely talented Robert Anthony. Robert is the host of the Armageddon Dance Party podcast, which, as you can agree with me, is the best name for a podcast ever. We had a great time. Uh, me and Rob talked about a number of different subjects, uh, how he got back into stand-up comedy after a 17-year break, how he got his break in the gaming industry, podcasting, YouTube, algorithms, a lot of takeaways on this, guys. We had a great time. Check out his uh, his YouTube channels and his podcast on the link below. And uh, yeah, check him out. Guy's a, guy's a bit of a legend. So without further ado, please welcome the extremely talented Robert Anthony. Well, that is new. I've never heard that before. Did that come through wow. your speakers? Yeah, uh, it came through my headphones. Yeah, yeah, I thought we were recording all the time. I had like just hopped into interview mode. I didn't realize that. You, straight, you I, I know recorded. we were chatting. We were chatting away there. And I was like, "Shit, I wouldn't start recording this because we're, we're going down. We're going down a route here right now." And it just yeah. this. I don't know what because we do this on Zoom, and this just popped in my head. I was not expecting this lady to turn around to let me know we're now recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> me I mean, I there. guess. You, it said that I had to consent to be recorded. Uh, it was interesting. I've never used Zoom before. I hear all the jokes and stuff about it. And I've seen, you know, the the funny videos from everybody working from home. Uh, but I've never actually used it before. This is my first time using Zoom. See, you know, you've, you've got consent from using Zoom. So you, it's, it's okay. You're not going to get in trouble from the police or anything like that, just in case coming back. Zoom has know. consented. There's no there's no <laughs> false rape charges going on here with Zoom right now. That's consented. good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, there's no there's no males getting fucking locked up for no reason. Controversial. <laughs> love it. That's the theme of this show already. If you're listening to I this, this is what's going to happen. Yes, that's right. It's going to be crazy. Sunday night, well, Sunday afternoon, you're in neck of the woods, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's just, it's the afternoon for me. Uh lazy afternoon. I've just been reading uh Humpty Dumpty in Oakland by Philip K. Dick, my favorite author. I've just been kind of kicking back and taking it easy today. Nice, nice. It's probably it's 10 p.m. here in a minute. And I've spent the most of the time over the other half. Uh, the, the missus, she's like, she's got a bed that she wants taken apart. Oh, and it's, of course, she, she kind of, I was like, you can kind of do this yourself. These are the sort of things that wind me up when it comes to these sort of like kind of feminist movements and all that sort of stuff. Yes, it's all very well and good, but you, when you want something done, like a bit of manual <laughs> labor, Oh, can uh -huh. you come help me? I'm just an innocent, pretty woman. Uh, are you sure? <laughs> and I said that. So I said that. Goes here. Here's my electric screw. You can do it yourself. It's nice yeah. and easy. No, I need a big, strong man to come and help you. I was like, Nah, fuck you. <laughs> 2021. I actually, a, <laughs> I actually have a joke. It goes something to the effect of, uh, "We're all equal until we need to move furniture." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. That's yeah. true. 
And you do do you do about stand up, don't you? Yeah, I, I just got back involved in stand up at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I had done it for quite a few years in my twenties and then left uh, for my career. But you know, uh, COVID kind of uh, putting a lot of different things into perspective, and uh, kind of a bad twenty twenty. I decided to go back into it, and I'm finding some pretty early success, which I'm very happy with. And uh, yeah, it's it's just you know something to keep me busy, something to keep me occupied. You know, I need to get in touch. I'm actually doing like a comedy sketch show this week with someone because we we bumped uh, at each other on Audrey, and mm. um, there's another uh, podcast got in touch with me. They're like a comedy sketch show. They do like kind of okay. sketch comedies, but they convert it into a podcast. They stream it live on Facebook, and then they, they do it on the, so I'll fire the details over to you because I think that'd be quite decent. They have it's sort of like Saturday Night Live sort of esque. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that'd be right up your street. But the, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'll fire over the details to you after this. I think you'd be, I'd shoot you right down to the ground. That they want me to do it. They emailed me a couple of days ago and they go, right, we can get involved. Um, can you can you do 8 p.m.? I'm like, yeah, not a problem. Then looked at it and said, what time zone are we talking here? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I looked at it, the time difference, half two in the morning for me. Oh, Jesus. And I'm just where like, are they out of? Are they in the States? They're in the States, yeah. I think they're oh, over. Okay. I think they're over your neck road. I think it's PT. I think they're okay. PST. So I'm like, oh, that's a school night as well. I've got to be up in the morning. <laughs> Do I have it in me to stay up? And the thing is, is when you're doing podcasts, you still have to be quite awake. And when it comes to comedy and stuff, you still have to have a little bit of like about you. You have to be a bit more upbeat. I'm not going to lie to you. At half three in the morning, I'm not really that upbeat. I don't care what situation. Yeah, I couldn't do it. (laughs) But yeah, I'd be happy to be involved. If you want to shoot over their information, I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I'll be over that. I'll be getting some of that. So I mean, what got you into comedy in the first place? Because it's a bit of a, a different direction from what you used to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm in my day job, I'm involved in like a specialized section of IT, um, which doesn't allow for a lot of creative output. Um, and I, I was never really good in school, surprisingly, and I, I had to move around a lot um, as a child. And so I was constantly like the new guy in school. And uh, I learned to get around that uh, kind of trauma. It is, it is fairly traumatic as a young kid to go to a bunch of new schools. Um, by being funny and, and dicking around and making people laugh. So I was always kind of the class clown. And uh, in my early 20s, I just uh, decided to go for it and dove in at an open mic. They had a place called uh, the Brainwash Cafe in San Francisco. It was so cool. It was a, a laundromat slash um, open mic slash cafe. So you could go, they had delicious burgers. You could do your laundry right there and you could do a bit of open mic. And uh, that's, that's, that's the most ridiculous combination for anything. It's like the guy didn't realize what he wanted to do with his his place. He's like, well, we could yeah. we could have it as a restaurant, but I tell you, we're really cool. Chuck some chuck some uh, dish, uh, some washing clothes washers, wash machines yeah. in the corner, and a few bucks. Wow, this is this is, and we could get some people to do some comedy. Fucking yep. great brainstorm, it, cover all markets. It's so weird, but you know what? It worked, man. It was packed all the time. This was in the early aughts. I want to say like 2003, 2004, yeah. and it was packed every night. It was a lot of fun. And I, I met a lot, a lot of new people there. And um, that's kind of how I got started. From there, I did, you know, open mics all over the city. I was in San Francisco at the time and uh, eventually landed at the Purple Onion, which is uh, it's a landmark in San Francisco. It's still open, but I think they moved it. It's not the same place anymore, but like right. Robin Williams got a start there. Zach Galifianakis um, shot one of his specials there. It's like just kind of a landmark San Francisco comedy institution. I, I was wow. a regular there and then became a regular at the 50 Mason, which is a club that's since been closed in the Tenderloin. 
Um, so it, it was just a lot of fun. But I mean, looking back, like I look back at my act back then and it was so terrible. Um, I, I recently came across an old copy of like my set from, I don't know, 2003, 2004. And I watched it and I was just such an obnoxious asshole. I can't, I like, I couldn't even finish it. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you've been so doing bad. it, have you been doing it that long then? It's just, this has been like a, a, a proper lengthy thing you've been doing. No, no. I, well, I did it for a few years and then I stopped and I just started again uh, a few months ago, but I'm already hitting, hitting in the showcases and I'm headed to Austin. I'm leaving, uh, I'm leaving Seattle here in a couple of weeks, but I mean, it's just, it's, you know, uh, what I've discovered, I kind of left it for my career. Uh, I was working in video games at the time. And, um, what I discovered is kind of working in that engineering mode. If you're like a creative person, it, 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 it kind of damages you, you know, if you don't have that creative output. So, I mean, that's really what drove me. Like once I finally, I, it finally came to me, like what the hell has been bugging me or like, what, what's this thing in the back of my head that I just can't get out. And, yeah. and then I finally just came to it and I like got up on an open mic and it was like, for, for the first time in 16 years, the guy was like, is it your first time on, he was about to introduce me. And I was like, I haven't done this in 16 years. <laughs> and he was like, he's looking at me. He's like 20, 21. <laughs> Technically is your first time really, to be fair. You're really kind of starting from scratch again, aren't you? Yeah. All new material. I mean, you know, George W. Bush jokes don't work <laughs> as well as they uh, used yeah. to, you so, know, so. Who's this granddad that just came on stage talking about like the space girls and fucking Y2K exactly. and all that sort of stuff. This is 2021, motherfucker. Get, get, get your finger out. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's fun. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but I just came to the conclusion that I definitely need to put more into me as far as like self care, being yeah. able to be creative. When you when you do the stand up side of stuff, I mean, how do you? Because I'm always fascinated when it comes to people doing stand up. Do you? Because mm -hmm. I'm I'm rubbish. Would I, I mean I'd like to get into something like that, but I just wouldn't have the 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 discipline to do it. Because do you guys do you have to like kind of write everything down? and write it and memorize it and then go up and speak or is it just sometimes just off the top of your head just off the cuff there is off the top like interaction with audience like riffing yeah. that kind of stuff um generally speaking i have an acting background even before i got into stand-up i was like a child actor God, you're and just a man um, of many talents aren't you rob well, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't yeah, very hey. good at any of them. Jack of all trades, master of none. Master of none, exactly. <laughs> but so when I first approached it, I definitely approached it like I had done with acting. Uh, the major difference being when I was acting, I was reading other people's words. And this was like, okay, now I'm writing it myself. Yeah. Um, you, you never, what I've learned as the years went by is that you never tell the joke exactly as you write it down. You kind of just want to remember the basics of it. And I mean, all jokes, at least mine, are all based in some sort of reality, but they're exaggerated and twisted, you know, just because it's it's not about being honest, it's about being funny, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just trying to, it's, I guess it's just trying to work through some of the stuff that I'm going through in my head. And I think comedy is a really great way of doing that, writing out those jokes and kind of, mm. you know, it's just another therapeutic exercise. Your therapist might tell you to go and write down all the things that make you upset. I'm, I'm essentially doing the same thing, but I'm making jokes out of it, you know? It says, I, was, I actually, I don't know if you follow uh, Whitney Cummings on, uh, on Instagram. I've seen her yeah. 
stories earlier and she actually said that somebody messaged her and said that you I spent so much money on three therapists and you give me more information than she they all theorem combined have and she just went this is the reason I do it and I'm like that's amazing <laughs> what, how comedy yeah. could actually do something like that for someone it's quite amazing it's it's very beneficial yeah and it, it it's kind of it's rough nowadays given the current like political correctness climate about mm. what you can say and what you can't say it's oh, God. it's that's the one that's the one thing i've noticed that a stark difference in terms of how i first got started i would when i first first started i would say the most ridiculous shit ever and it just like you would never get like a ooh or e oof you know yeah and now it's like i joke i make jokes about dating college girls and like people are like oh he's a predator which i mean fair point but <laughs> nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong <laughs> but see, the thing is college girls what how old are college girls in the u.s because over here in the uk college girls are like well into like 20. i mean it could be anywhere between 18 and 24. Okay, well, you might have to be a little bit careful, which is understandable. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. But the thing is, it's the cancel culture we're now living in now, which is right. And I think, and I really, I don't want it to happen. But I think comedians are the one that's going to get really hit hard with it, just because of what the stuff that they say. the The problem is, is when you say stuff, a lot of people understand it by saying, like you just mentioned before, it's exaggerated. It's not exactly true. It's for people to make them laugh. But a lot of right. people. I can imagine would actually take that as genuine to say, you know, it's, this is, this is what this is, that's actually happened or whatever. And they try and crucify you. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's really the thing. A lot of people don't really understand and I won't go off on too big of a tangent here, but like the science of a joke and the science of laughter, generally speaking, you have like a, a pattern that your brain is following of expected behavior. Okay. And uh, what a joke does is it, it, breaks that pattern in your brain of expected behavior and you're not expecting what the comedian or what the film does and that break is what induces laughter now the problem or, or the kind of conundrum you have now with cancel culture is there are so many protected things that you can't joke about that limits your ability to make that break in that that pattern um and it's it's just kind of tough, you know. Um, I I that's why I'm moving to Austin because like I'm so passionate about this now, and um, it, it's a little it's a little more free there. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I've been told, and and I've been there now a few times, and it just seems to be a little bit better for for this kind of stuff. Of course, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, famous comedian, just got mm. fucking canceled last week because Did of. He? Uh, some yeah he i mean he roasted some asian guy who like introduced him as an asian comedian and then the asian comedian took the video and put it up on twitter um to like say oh look what this guy said about me but i mean the thing is it's a roast oh, like have you seen those comedy central roasts the brilliant where they say just terrible shit absolutely brilliant i think the great i think the funniest one i've seen is the one with um well they did justin bieber was all right but it's the one with uh oh what's his face i've literally seen the guys there's two brothers and he was at, and Seth Rogen's mate. Christ. Oh, James Franco. James Franco. That's that one. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious because he got proper ribs. He got destroyed. Yeah. And Tony Hinchcliffe was a writer on the, on those shows. So, oh, okay. I mean, like, and, and they, they say terrible shit about race, <laughs> about addiction problems, about, you know, um, just everything. Mm. So, I mean, like the roast wasn't good. I didn't think it was funny personally, but I don't think, it's enough to cancel a guy over. It doesn't seem like it made too many waves, but it's still kind of fresh in my mind, just thinking about 
uh, you know, how to, how to form, form a proper joke now. But is that always in the back of your head when you're doing this sort of thing, just in case you have to sit there and go, well, some people might not like that, but just in case I'm not going to put it in, I'll just go, fuck it. I'm just going to put it in anyway, see what happens. Uh, I think you have to, you have to learn to read the audience, you know, when you go there and there's like a bunch of larger women with multiple, multiple hair colors and stuff like that. Maybe that's you, you comedy look- gold that is, that's material right there, isn't it? That's like, I'm going to have some fun with you later. <laughs> right. Well, so you like, you pull, you, you, you kind of organize what you're going to do and you have different jokes for different audiences based yeah. on that. And, and that's, you know, if it's a bunch of dudes, I know that I can get away with saying stuff that I'm not going to necessarily say in the other scenario that I, I described. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's, um, it's kind of, it's a, it's a dodgy situation with all this and it's hopefully it gets a little bit, I was going to say it's going to get a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to get better. I think we're at a certain stage now that, yeah, it's just going to get worse. Well, how old are you? Uh, I, I am a, a fresh-faced 21-year-old, I swear, honestly. I believe that. <laughs> no. but back 37, in the... 37. Okay. So maybe you remember, and maybe this was just an American thing, but back in the what? mid-90s, we had a similar kind of crash into um, political correctness. It wasn't as strong. I think the internet has made it more annoying. Yeah. But it, it was kind of a similar climate. Um, and then eventually the, the push to go against it and say more ridiculous shit one, you know, then shit like Beavis and Budded came out South Park. So like, so like the cultural zeitgeist kind of shifted based on, based on we're just so tired of having to deal with that, that it was kind of a relief. So my hope is that we have some kind of watershed moment like that again at some point, but who knows, you know, you might be right. Well, the thing is as well, is when they came over and they started to cancel Eminem, for mm. his songs that came out basically like 2000, 2001. And everyone's mm. like, the fuck is the matter with you? This happened years ago. And he taught, and, and it's a fucking great song. And they just basically got basically told to fuck off. And yeah. nobody can come, <laughs> come out of him and him. No one right. can take him on. And he's not, you, you can't take him down. He's too fucking good. And you try, there, yeah, try to cancel him. Yeah, there are figures in in our culture that seem to not be affected. Uh, Donald Trump is another one. And I'm not like a huge <laughs> Trump fan, but I, I find it hero. fascinating. Like he says shit like grab him by the pussy. And then like just a few days later, he's elected president. It's so weird because most of us are kind of held to this other standard where yeah. everything we say is put under a microscope. And it's wow. uh, it's a little frustrating. It's I mean, be- that's kind of, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say it's going to be when you're kind of rich and famous. So you never know. You have to hopefully, fingers crossed, a stand up for you takes off. And <laughs> when you're when you're on Saturday Night Live, it'll be like, yeah, here we go. And then next thing you know, you're on Saturday Night Live. The next day, you're literally being roasted by what you said when on when I don't know 2001 or that. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, you can't get. Yeah. You have to be so careful nowadays. And you have yeah. to get a PR company to basically try and delete all your search history and your old tweets from when you were 10 i've gone through my old tweets and like um <laughs> you did it already i just deleted yeah. them all well, well i'll, I'll get rid of this i'll get rid of the bad. racist one this racist one's not gonna go down well <laughs> i'll get rid of that one you know well this I feminist mean, my... one's a little bit shit I'll get rid of that <laughs> my my biggest concern was just like i i wouldn't call myself a conservative but i'm like conservative leaning and yeah. I was just afraid of like anything like too conservative that I posted, but I didn't really find anything. Um, but I mean, that's kind of where, you know, I, I see, you know, cancel culture is one of the many facets of what I believe is maybe a harbinger of doom. 
um, and it might be uh, the end of Western civilization. You know, this this might be going to just a complete collapse. Not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, maybe it'll reform as a one world government, or who knows? Who who knows? I but I mean, that's kind of the 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 loose structure of my podcast, Armageddon Dance Party. I love um, and and I I, uh, I bring on new. Well, I've got like a rotating. Uh, list of guests and then occasionally I'll bring on somebody new as well and we kind of just lock onto one thing that's it's interesting in the culture and yeah. maybe a harbinger of doom every episode well we're gonna we're gonna you ever seen demolition man we're gonna turn into demolition man as a society enhance your I calm john spartan <laughs> i love film. that movie such yeah. a good film. get three seashells coming out we sat there <laughs> not high-fiving because of covid so we'll have to do the circle thing that they do enhance your calm yeah. Greetings and salutations. That's what's going to happen. No one swears. You get fined for swearing. You wipe your ass with some seashells and you wear some dodgy clothes. That's what we're doing. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing about it is that the whole culture is led by a white guy and something tells me that part won't come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. So, you, you mean, you before, well, I wanted to talk about a little bit your podcast as well. You were talking about it before you started, but I want to go into your video game kind of side sure. of the career. I mean, was that... Uh, what? Well, yeah, could you mention before that it wasn't the creative side? I mean, because I always really thought that being in like in a video game industry, it would be more creative aspects. Mm -hmm. But is that was that not the case? Were you not in that sort of like kind of department or something? Well, I'm, right now I'm I'm no longer involved in video games. I left video games quite a few years ago, but I started out straight out of school in <clears throat> in the video game industry. Um, I started in QA um for sega of america and Ooh. qa essentially is in charge of finding all the finding all the bugs in the software before it's shipped this was pre-patching so we were working on the sega dreamcast so you couldn't just release a game with a bunch of bugs and patch it later you had to you know find as many bugs as possible and triage all the bugs and say yeah. okay we're gonna have to ship with these known bugs and you know just oh well oh, yeah. so they, they so, knew it was going to happen they just said it's going to cost too much time to fix them just ship them anyway Exactly. And then there's always, you run the risk of fixing one bug and creating 10 others with the fix. So <laughs> it gets to a point in time where you, you would just have to ship it. And, yeah. um, you know, the triage process essentially worked in a way that you, you would say this bug is not likely to happen in most cases. Like, you know, you have to be at this part of this edge of the wall and press this button during this time period. And then the bug happens. But if you've got a bug where it crashes the system every single time, that would be triaged differently. That would be a must yeah. fix, obviously. So I started in QA. I was the youngest employee um, on the at Sega of America at the time. And I worked on the Dreamcast, worked in first party QA, worked on a lot of hits like Sonic Adventure. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, that's what my career was. I wouldn't say it was creative, but working in video games was definitely more interesting than working in like rank and file corporate America. Um, I went on to work, uh, for Maxis for a while. They make, uh, oh, Sim yeah. City and the Sims. I was going to so say I that's before on... EA bought them out one time. No, EA had already purchased them, but as part of the agreement, we were still separate. Like we were, oh, okay. we weren't on that, the EA campus, we were in Walnut Creek. Um, and so I worked on the Sims. That was really fun. That, that was a, a fun time in my life. And, um, the Sims was a great, it was a huge monster game at that time too. And I got to meet Will Wright like multiple times. He's the guy who created SimCity and The Sims. Yeah. He was so cool. He, he would give us a pizza party every Friday, pizza and beer, all you could eat and drink. 
And um, <laughs> when we finished uh, Superstar, which was a Sims add-on, um, I was like, do you think I could get Will Wright? I asked my boss, do you think I could get Will Wright to sign this? She was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask them to do that. And I emailed him anyway, because I just, I have his email. Like I just You're emailed right. him. I'm like, hey man, could you uh, sign this copy? And he replied like within five minutes, he's like, sure, come on up. So I like went in and this was like a huge hero of mine as a kid. Cause I, yeah. you know, I grew up playing this guy's games and like I went in and it's just like this huge office. It's filled with all sorts of different toys like from all ages and it's just weird. And he's just sitting in the corner. He's like, Hey, what's your name? Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about you and he signed the game. He's like, thanks for all your uh, hard work. It was like, so cool. Oh, that's so, awesome. I mean, there was a, my early career was filled with a lot of like really cool moments like that. But as I kind of shifted into this area that I work now, you have to be adaptable to like lots of different working environments, not necessarily just one industry, but it, yeah. it mostly revolves around some sort of software development. Um, it's, it's a gift and a curse because like, I basically created this career for myself and it compensates me really well, but there is a complete lack of kind of creative output as a result of it. Right. So it was just like, that was really what you were looking for to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't until recently with COVID that I realized like, this is the thing that's missing. This is why I'm so fucking out of my mind. Because <laughs> the thing is, you, there's recent developments that comes out. I don't know if you, you probably have seen them yourself. You, I mean, you still play games and that, I would imagine. But have you seen all the, the reports from these big companies, you know, like Rockstar and EA Electronic Arts and all that sort of stuff about uh, horrendous work conditions? Like they're working like 70 hour weeks and they're sleeping in the office and they're not getting paid overtime and stuff. Was that rife back then or is that a new thing? No, that's not a new thing. That's what's called crunch. Um, and it, the, the whole industry is filled with crunch. Um, I think you see people like, or you see companies like Rockstar and Electronic Arts take the brunt of it because they're the most well-known, mm. but you can have some fucking shitty, shitty little company in Berkeley making a Hannah Montana game and they're still doing crunch too. <laughs> it's, it's, it, what happens is what I was like, like what I was explaining before when you're doing triaging of bugs and you're trying to fix things and you've yeah. got kind of this moving target of when you have to release, you have to put you have to put more work input in to to continue keeping that target um, there. And I mean, still games get delayed, um, and that's a result of basically just inaccurate estimations. You know, a lot of bugs will come up in QA, and a lot of the QA now is done by automation. When I did it, there was no automation; it was just us with a Dreamcast, a TV, and a VCR, and we're just recording everything. Such, um, a, such an underrated games console that Dreamcast was, wasn't it? It was yeah, well before it, its it, time. Yeah, it had so many features that have yet to be implemented. Some of the games like Seaman. I don't know if you played Seaman. Is that the one with the guy's face on, on the, the fish? On the fish, yeah. yeah. That and was you, freaky. And you talk to it, it's just like, what the <laughs> fuck? What is this? Sega, that. you know, Sega used to be, I, I don't really like what Sega's doing recently. They've become kind of more rank and file. But yeah. back in the day, Sega was the company and oh, they yeah. made such cool shit. The Dreamcast was cool. I was like, I don't know how things were in Scotland, but in America, most people had a Nintendo and then the weird kid had a Sega. Yeah, that, I, was, I was that weird kid. I was I was the, the Nintendo. I was back in the day, my original one was the NES all the way through. Mm -hmm. Got that, got the Super Nintendo, N64, Game Boys, everything. I even had a Super Scope. How awesome was that? You know, the one you put on your shoulder? I remember back that. Back in the day. Oh, I got all that. All the peripherals. My parents must have spent a small fortune on computer games stuff for me. It was I was addicted to it. And yeah. uh, I was, yeah, I was more of a, a Nintendo person. Always will have been. Uh, I didn't really get Sega. You know, mm -hmm. I was very, I'm very loyal 
to right. one company. Same with, I'm like that now. I'm really strange. I'm like it now. Everyone's like, you should get a PS5. I'm like, I've got an Xbox. I want to get that. Because I've had Xboxes <laughs> all the way through from the original one. And I was like, I'm not divulging. I'm loyal to the fan base. So Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely loyal once I sink in, but I, I sometimes change uh, in ge- during different generations. Um, I was definitely Xbox for the original Xbox and the 360. But then when the, the one came after, what was it? The Xbox One? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I got I got that the day it came out. And then like a few months later, all my friends started going to PlayStation 4. And then I picked up a PlayStation 4 and I barely touched my Xbox after that. So now I'm kind of, um, I can't get a PS5. That's the most annoying thing. Every now and then I'll, I'll see an Xbox in the, in the store and I go, hmm, maybe. But um, I think I'm going to hold out for the PS5. I don't play games as much as I used to. No. Um, which is kind of distressing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I start. I mean, I was, we were talking just before we started recording. It's like doing jumping on Twitch and stuff, and you've dabbled with Twitch recently. But is it just the, the podcasting you do on Twitch or do you, can I just do any gaming on there? Well, I quit, I quit Twitch fully uh, earlier this year, but I hadn't been on it for about six months before that. Right. Um, I started just because like I was going through a divorce at the time and I didn't like going outside anyway. So I started on Twitch to kind of get me through that. Yeah. And um, I started just playing, uh, I believe, Red Dead Redemption because I was playing it for hours, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, because I was game. playing it for hours already. So I thought, uh, maybe I should stream because I had just started watching streams, but like, you know, titty streamers, nothing, nothing like of any substance. And uh, so I would, uh, I just fired up Red Dead Redemption. But then what I found was as I got, I, I did things a little differently. I ran a discord and as new people came in, I would just immediately start inviting them into the discord. And it turned more from I'm playing games because I've, I've, you know, it's so funny. I worked in video games for 10 years, but I'm actually pretty terrible at them. Um, I, it, it, I stopped playing, uh, games and we would just chat and I, you know, I got some software so everybody could turn their webcams on and we would just chat and people seemed to like it. I was never really huge, but right around mid COVID things started to pick up. But as soon as things started to pick up, I freaked out cause I didn't like it. There was just way too much pressure on me to like yeah. fucking, you know, be someone I wasn't. What was, what sort of like a viewership you get? And if you, if you're getting like kind of good traction and stuff, uh, I was averaging like 15 at some point, but okay. then like I knew some really big streamers who would raid me with like hundreds of people and shit. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to name names, but I know like one of the biggest streamers on Twitch in real life. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and uh, she's a really cool chick. And um, so I know, I know what it takes to be famous on it. And I think if I had stuck with it, I would definitely have more mm-hmm. than, um, than I ended up with. But like I said, just the, the community management aspect of it and my inability to really like, um, what's the word when I give the work to someone else? I'm delegate. Like, delegate. Thank delegate. You. I love that word. That's my favorite word during a nine to five job. I'm know. terrible at delegation. I'm terrible at it. I either want to take care of all of it myself or I will fucking blow it up instead. <laughs> and like looking back, I probably should have delegated better. Yeah, and I, uh, I probably, but I'm over it. I enjoy the podcast more because I enjoy just talking anyway. Mm. That's um, it. so I, I think that, you know, it's definitely the podcast is a better fit for me and it's it a better is. type of community to manage. I'm the same. I mean, I, I dabbled, I mentioned before I dabbled in Twitch beforehand and it was, we, we always get, I think I, I don't know, I got to affiliate, you know, if you guys are listening to affiliate Twitch, affiliate means you can start getting paid to basically yeah. 
do what you're doing. And uh, I got to that. And the thing is, as well, I think it was the reason I, I just wanted to get to affiliate. And it's, you always get that goal. It's like even anything you do, even if you're playing games or you're, it's anything in life, once you get to that goal, it's like, well, I've done it now. What's next? And then yeah. it's like, oh, you can get to partner, which is like Oof, average of 75. Ridiculous. That is, that is ridiculous. You have to do something extremely special to get to that sort of stage. So that was, un that was unrealistic. So I was like, well, what do I do? I just, can I keep grinding? And it became a part of like, I wasn't interested. I was too busy because I was, I, I was, I literally sit in this chair and I have my TV and stuff there. And that pretend like the screen here is literally the, the screen, my chat screen. I was constantly like playing, just going, that looking left to right constantly not giving a shit about the game my mates yeah. i used to play with all the time they can't really speak freely or be open because i'm right. streaming, streaming and it just yeah. wasn't getting fun you know it just wasn't fun anymore it was becoming more of a chore than anything else and plus you get just you meet some really strange people on twitch don't you yeah you get some Definitely. crazy ones one girl that came in i'll tell you a story one girl that came in bless her heart she was from the US and she just came, oh, hi, yeah, you're right. Just stumbled across the stream. And I'm like, how the hell did you stumble across this? I've got like three viewers. You must have been <laughs> scrolling for fucking days before you got to yeah. mine. And then she just, just went, yeah, nice to see you. Then all of a sudden she's coming out with all this like kind of advice on our friends and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I, am not, I am not prepared for this. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to shoot people right now. I don't yeah. know what you want me to say to you, love. Have fun, yeah. yeah. So I was. There is like, a veritable army of autistic uh, children sitting in those chat rooms uh, that, you, <laughs> that you have to uh, interact with, and it's like this is not my audience. Like this isn't even the audience that I really want, you know. Nah. So, but what is your the audience fucking, you want? The, the fucking I I totally understand what you're saying in terms of like going up to affiliate and like those goals with affiliate. Yeah. But then like once you get affiliate, then it's like okay, next is partner, and it's like Jesus, there's no middle ground. Nope. You would think they would have like one more level between affiliate and partner because they're so dramatically different in terms of the goals. Yeah, and it's and they always say if you want it, I started getting into the TikTok scene as well, and I'm quite I've got I mean this show that I've got here is on TikTok. You know, if you're on TikTok, what line podcast? Go follow. Thanks very much. Anyone who's listening, go and do it. Yeah, All I'm right. plugging my oh, I'm plugging my own stuff on my own show. I'm allowed to leave me alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, when I was doing like the Twitch sort of stuff, I mean, when I do things, I could see something. Everyone was being very like kind of complimentary and being very encouragement, saying you've got something there. You know, you you can talk to people and you you understand people. People you navigate to you. I'm like, okay, so I started doing the TikTok thing. And constantly, all the time that people are on there, they're giving it, oh, yeah, you have to grow on other platforms to grow on Twitch. That's, that's understandable. So you're using different platforms to bring them to your Twitch channel. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're putting up a few videos. And I was doing, like, compilation ones of me because I used to play Warzone all the time. It was like, I had a pink sniper, sniper headshots, mm -hmm. and basically just me sucking. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. There was there was no good gameplay. It was just entertainment. That's all my stream was. And right. um, constantly, all you get is people sitting there going, this is how you grow on Twitch. This is how you grow on Twitch. And it's like streamer tips, streamer tips. And I'm just like, and some of these kids, right, they must have been about 18 years old, and they're going, to grow on Twitch, you have to stream on Twitch. And I'm like, okay, what else? That was it. Yeah. And I'm like, y you're a bellend. What are you doing? Give me some good, decent, <laughs> something that I can use. No, yeah. to, 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 to be a good streamer, you have to talk to the camera. Okay, um, what next? And it's just full of fucking people saying, that's bullshit. And I'm just like, that's just ridiculous. That's my yeah. answer. Yeah, it's just, it just got, it, it, it helped me at a time that I needed the help. But at, yeah. at the end, it was just like too stressful. 
And it was more like a job than anything else. And I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing this for? Like, I'm not getting paid. I'm spending. <laughs> I mean, I found that, you know, like consistency helps with growth and, you know, going on the other platforms definitely helps with growth. The discord is like a major piece of it. The discord, yeah. um, I found that's where, you know, cause then you could run movie nights, you know, you organize the community shit and it's, it's kind of fun, but yeah, I'm over it. I'm almost 40 now. Like, I don't need to be on fucking We're on Twitch. That's, that's <laughs> it. Well, the only reason I got it is because I got a gaming PC um, mm -hmm. as well. But I've always, the reason I got a gaming PC is so I could do editing. Because I do sometimes I do a lot of video editing, obviously, with the podcast. Stuff that I do for work as well. Uh, but then, obviously, uh, is like doing video versions of this show, going on YouTube. Don't really need to do much with the podcast and editing side of stuff. But it's always nice to have a package there. Because I use DaVinci Resolve. Uh, as mm -hmm. it's nice, it's free, but it's a pain in the ass to work. Um, but I wanted to use that, and my laptop wasn't powerful enough. So I said, Well, I'll get a PC, but I won't just get a, a, a proper PC, I'll get a gaming PC. So I can, if I want to use it, I can use it with gaming. And uh, that was the main reason I said, Well, I'm going to start streaming now because I've got the kit here. Why not fucking do it? And uh, yeah, three months down the line, my missus was kicking off at me saying, You're streaming too much. I was streaming like four days a week, four days mm -hmm. a week, just constantly doing it thinking yeah. I'm going to get picked up and become the next fucking Dr. Disrespect and stuff like that. <laughs> I like says. Dr. Disrespect too. That was definitely like my first hero on Twitch. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I started watching him and Shroud is the ones I really can... And obviously Tim the Tatman as well. They're all, they're, them three are the main ones I really got into. Uh, mm -hmm. But Shroud, just because that guy is literally not from this world, he's, the, yeah. he's, he's built different, that guy. He's far too yeah. good. And Dr. Disrespect, yeah. because he is literally one at streaming he's and this and a lot and a lot of people who are even with podcasting and streaming or anything like that you could like you could take a lot of uh his stuff that he's done and tips and use it and implement it in your own sort of side of stuff because what mm -hmm. he's done is developed a character he's developed a persona and mm -hmm. used that and he's doubled down on it and i think that's a very very interesting thing that he's done that a lot of people are not really looking at i don't know why yeah think that oh just be yourself but why just be be something completely different then if you're if you right. well, be yourself but i'm a wanker and i'm a bit of a prick really <laughs> okay we'll be someone different then okay i'll do that right. instead i'll be a yeah. nice person <laughs> yeah i i definitely i understand completely what you're saying and I, I vibe with that as well like i i took kind of what i saw with dr disrespect and tried to create a persona like just a troll persona mr pariah Nice. And, um, but the problem was people didn't realize that I was being an asshole on purpose. Like much <laughs> like doctor disrespect, there's like, who is this fucking asshole? Yeah. Um, I'm not really like an asshole in real life. Well, I mean, <laughs> some exes might disagree with that, but <laughs> oh, yeah. that's why the exes, uh, mate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just, um, it was just a lot of, it was a lot of fun for the time, but I, I tried to create that character. Um, I would wear like MAGA hats and people would just come in and fucking yell at me and shit. It was just, it was fun. You know, it that was. was the whole point. I was actually doing, I was actually going to start to be, make like a different character. This is how, this is borderline. I nearly did it just before I stopped. And, I, and I, I'll tell you the reason why, I, one of the reasons why I stopped. And then, but one of my mates, um, uh, Adam, he does, his, he, he does the streaming with me as well. He's a good friend of mine. And he's suggested you need to have a character develop a character so i did i developed a character but he's my twin brother and i developed a backstory to this guy right and i developed <laughs> everything what he's all about what he's doing and why he's back over and basically what this guy was his name i can't remember what his name was but he was uh he's a soap he was an actor an arrogant asshole actor who was over in chile and just got sacked 
because uh, from a, a Chilean soap opera because he <laughs> fell out with the the ninety year old regular who used to work there and he stitched him up. So now he's back <laughs> in the UK, seeing that I'm streaming and wants a piece of the pie. So every now and again he'd jump on the stream and be a prick, and I'd have to <laughs> pretend it. And and we I would oh I would, detail about this. It's ridiculous. Christ. Oh man, I tell you, it could I be like a it. sitcom. I would enter it, and I was like, wow, this could be really good. And I was doing little bits like I was going to do during the stream like you know when you do like the fuzzy stuff and then mm -hmm. create a video edit it create a video so when uh like he I would make a video and halfway through the stream I'd press a button and that video popped up and went blah, 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 and then cut away again and I'd pretend <laughs> like nothing happened you know and then people watch and go what the hell was that and I'd be like what someone just hijacked hacked into my stream it would be him as the build up to the big reveal of what's gonna happen oh yeah I had it all made dude out. I love it I think you should do it <laughs> you put a I lot of effort in I don't want to scratch the itch again I can't scratch the itch again I'll get, get too involved I'll be too involved I'll end up like I'll be single again because the message was getting wound up because she's like you're streaming one day you're podcasting the other days when am I gonna get to see you and I'm just like you just, you just gotta take your chance am I a priority in your life do you make me money no well, no, you're not. I spend money on you. You don't make me money. Streaming might make me money. Podcasting, not yet, but fingers crossed. Yeah. But yeah. So, it's, yeah, she'll be fucking pissed off if I did that. Can't handle that anymore. Too much pressure. Yeah. Well, I think you made the right choice, but it does sound intriguing. That's for it sure. It does sound intriguing. <laughs> See, this is the thing. This thing. But I like podcasting. Podcasting's kind of been great. I mean, doing this for like near enough two years now. Uh, I really doubled down on it last year during the pandemic. I went, fuck it, I'm just going to do it properly. But the show's been up since 2019, and mm -hmm. uh, it's been really good fun. How's I mean, you, I love seeing uh, this is the thing with podcasting and stuff like that, and especially when it any sort of different aspect of doing something that you, someone else is doing similar to. So someone's like a streamer, you're like, you don't want to stream. Oh, I'm going to do streaming. Oh, don't do that. You feel a bit of resentment. You're like, fuck you, don't stream. It's like, no, that's my competition. <laughs> Podcasting is different. I encourage yeah. people to podcast. I'm like, you should do a podcast. I've got, I've actually got the missus to create a podcast. She's got her really? first, she's got, yeah, she loved it. I had her on the show. She had, a, mm -hmm. she was on the show, Kim, and she was talking a lot, obviously, kind of mental health sort of side of things. So I said to her, you should start a podcast all about mental health. She did. She started her first episode and I'm on her show tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, here nice. we go. So right. I, I love podcasting and all that. I love people saying that they're doing it because it's such an industry that's really growing and actually doing some great, great things. And there's a podcast. It's like, it's like remember when the iPhone first came out? It was like an app for everything. There's literally yeah. a podcast for everything now. If you want right. to know about, I don't know, flamingos and the Serengeti, there's probably a podcast about that, you know? That's true. So, I mean, how's, how's your show getting on? Are you, uh, you've just started. How you, are you kind of doing good stuff with them? We're doing good. Yeah, my show Armageddon Dance Party uh, premiered early February, uh, I think the week before Valentine's Day. And uh, I've, I've tried to remain consistent. I've missed a few weeks. Um, but it's it's we're seeing growth every every month grows uh, compared to the last month. I, I, I'm on YouTube now too. And I'm, I'm really trying to push more people to the YouTube side of it, because I yeah. think it's it's more beneficial. And it's it's a better platform than um, kind of all the different little, uh, you know, podcasting platforms. But of course, we're on everything. I use Omni. I don't know what you use to publish. Omni? Yeah. What do you do? You I'm on Libsyn. Publish? Libsyn, oh, okay. I use them sort of thing. They're, not, they're pretty decent. They're, now, well, they're pretty decent now. They've just had a big, massive update. So it's Libsyn 5. Beforehand, uh -huh. Libsyn 4 was going about for like six, seven years. They didn't update it. So the uh -huh. stuff like Podbean and all that sort of stuff were really overtaking them. And they mm -hmm. said, right, let's get our finger out. And uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty decent. They, all, they published everything. So I can't complain really, to be honest. 
Yeah, and, and that's kind of the similar experience I have to Omni. I've noticed that I've taken a hit in the analytics since I went on YouTube, but I assume that's because people are now listening on YouTube mm. uh, instead of um, the, uh, the standard podcast directories. I love the analytics aspect of it. I find it fascinating. I, I don't like understand that at all. You don't understand it? it? No, at no? all. It's like that. There's, you've got like normal analytics, then you've got the IAB analytics, and it's like, what the hell's different? And it's just like, what? And the lower, the, the reason why it's lower, and it's like, oh, Christ, who's a listener? Who's direct? Oh, fuck, I have no idea. I just look at the number, and if it's good, if it's above 100 an episode, I'm happy. If it's not, fuck it. But we did have yeah, 2,000 I... last month, actually, which is quite cool. Nice. So you've got some good growth. Yeah, I, I'm still a little earlier than that. I haven't even... Um, I, I only have a few episodes that have over a hundred downloads so far, uh, but we're doing really big stuff on YouTube now. And I'm kind of taking some of my more popular clips from Twitch and then pushing them on YouTube to kind of okay. churn the, the content and get people just looking at the channel, even though it's not necessarily directly related to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the, the one really frustrating one on YouTube, I don't know if you're aware of it. I'm sure you are. Uh, the analytic of the average listen oh, time oh, when I Lord. first it's just such a, it hurts your heart, right? Like when I first, <laughs> when I first uploaded it, it was like, oh, your average listen is four seconds. It's like, oh my God, what am I it doing does. with my fucking life? <laughs> it, it does. It makes you feel as if you want to just stop altogether. It's such yeah. a deflating thing. It's like, yeah. oh, I wonder how many, you, you see the listens, you're like, oh, wow, I've had like, I don't know, like uh, 400 listens, but then the average listen time is like, as you say, it's like a minute. You're like, oh, people hate me. <laughs> exactly people, people like my thumbnail that just says people just like my thumbnail that's all it is they're just intrigued right. but my content sucks ass <laughs> well luckily mine uh has been with every episode it's been improving so that's good i you know it's obviously never going to be it's never going to say everybody listen to the full episode but if you break it down on averages you can kind of work out how many people are actually listening to the full episode and yeah and i'm happier with that Oh, that's cool. That, that, the thing is, is a lot of people are, are the, that do these sort of side of things, they're so fascinated by the numbers. And I've never been, I've always been fascinated by the numbers and the, the, the downloads and the lessons. Similar to when I was streaming, I was always looking at how many people jumped on the stream, blah, 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 blah. And it took me a right. long time to really get away from that. And everyone, I always say my only bit of advice when someone is actually starting a podcast is just do not give a shit about the numbers. Do what you need to do market yourself out there well and it'll happen it'll happen we just need to be patient yeah well i followed you on youtube i hope you give me the same courtesy i will do but i've not done much on youtube to be fair i've only got two of my ep i have i think how many episodes have i actually done how bad is this right this is so destroying i'm on season two right now of the show and mm. my season one i obviously i'd use zoom i download it and i keep it all in one specific folder and i keep it there and when I change computers, when I got my old singing, old dancing YouTube, uh, YouTube, my old singing, dancing new gaming PC, I needed to obviously transfer that to that. So I did, okay, instead of just getting an external hard drive, I'll just chuck it on Google Drive. So I took it on Google Drive and there was literally, I think I had 20, 24, 25 episodes in the first season. So I chucked it on there and just left it. But then I came back and it said it finished. So I went, oh, okay. So I shut everything down. Oh no. And then I went onto the computer and deleted all the files. It didn't finish. It didn't finish. Oh, all no. it did was transfer the actual like the folder name and the folder, but none of the content was in it. So I literally lost oh. 25 worth of video uh, um files and I'm devastated. Oh shit. That sucks. I was yeah. so so bad. So all I'm doing now is literally the thing is is the problem is when you do it, trying to put the, the podcast and edit it and then put your fancy graphics on there, then upload it. It takes a bit of time, and I just haven't had a chance to do it, but I'll definitely follow you on YouTube without a doubt. 
Yeah, I, 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 I've kind of worked it out into, because I mean, this is what I do in my professional life. Like it's a lot of it is like project management yeah. uh, related things. So I've worked out like a whole workflow of how to get it everywhere. I, you know, I record, so I have the raw MP4 and then I pop the raw MP4 into Premiere. I add the graphics and stuff um, and do any editing. If I said something too terrible or something, uh, I you keep it that. there. You keep it there. That's it. You don't, you don't, you don't, don't you edit that out. If you say something terrible, you keep it in there. Be genuine. <laughs> and then I, I export that to an MP4. And then that MP4 goes directly to YouTube. And simultaneously, I take that uh, MP4 and do cloud convert into MP3. And then once that's converted to MP3, I just uploaded it via Omni. So every it's all like I've got it all worked out now. Process. When I first started, what's that? It's a process. I love that. Yeah. So, you're so disciplined. Yeah. I need to do that. I'm so undisciplined. Uh, it's ridiculous. I'm 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 very undisciplined in most aspects of my life. This is like one of the one. It's and it it speaks to how much better your output is when you're passionate about something. True. You know? Yeah, that's very true. Once you get that passion, you do it. But the thing is, I, I'm just so undisciplined in general. The, the weirdest thing about it is, is I'm actually an ex-military man. I'm an ex-RAF veteran. Uh -huh. And obviously you think, oh yeah, you must get up and do everything. Everything's pristine. Make your bed. <laughs> I am no. literally the opposite to that. I'm so the opposite. <laughs> the, I used to be a veteran to go, really? You? But you, you, you look like shit. Look at you. What's the matter with you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I get that a lot. Don't worry. I get that. But yeah, I just need, yeah, that's the thing. It's being disciplined and actually doing this stuff properly. Once you get there, it just comes natural, really, to be honest. Yeah. So it's all good. It's all good. So what we, what's, what's, uh, what we're looking for the next few episodes with your, your podcast? Any, any kind of good guests coming on? Uh, well, I started to do solo podcasts, which are very, Ooh. very difficult. They are hard. Uh, I have not. I've only done one solo. I've I've done two or three now. So I do one guest, and then I do a solo, and then a guest. And I'm trying to work more solos in. Like when I first started, because I'm like a huge Bill Burr fan, and I don't know if you've <laughs> listened to his podcast. That's Brilliant. all he does is solos. Brilliant. And he just he just turns on the mic and he's like, ah, and it's like for an hour. And I'm like, I think I could do that. And I tried it with nothing written down. I just turned on the mic and I got about a minute and a half in and I go, uh, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> so now I write down like throughout the week, I'll think of like stuff to talk about. So I'll have like a list, but yeah. I can only get to about 40 minutes. And then I'm like gassed out and I'm trying to get up to an hour like Bill Burr does. So yeah, we, we just had a lot. We just had... Um, melinda on that was her third time she's the most favorite guest everybody uh all the melinda episodes get like huge amount of downloads i'm not really sure why uh but we had her back <laughs> on melinda's not watched listening to this thing <laughs> no 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 i no, i and i she's don't like, mean it in a bad like, way the fuck think, i'm entertaining that's why uh, i think they're all really good for some reason everybody just really loves melinda <laughs> but yeah so i had her on again um and in I'm going to do a solo one next week. And then I don't know. I usually figure out the guest a couple of days before, yeah. but I'd love to have you on the podcast soon. More than happy to join in. Just send me time and a place and I'll be there. All right. No problem good. at all. So on that awesome note, where can people find you? Where can we find the podcast? Everywhere? Uh, you can find it at all the leading podcast networks, Apple, Spotify, Deezer, et cetera. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I prefer it if you listened on YouTube, but hey, I don't make your rules. You make your rules. I'm going to go ahead and shoot you uh, my socials link if you wouldn't mind putting that in there. And then we'll chuck it, we'll chuck it underneath. It. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> chuck it underneath. I do it all the time. I, I don't mind people promoting. That's what this is for. Promote your stuff, man. Uh, we'll put the links underneath the description if you're listening. Click the link, subscribe to them, and uh, yeah, enjoy it.
Branch your horizons. Listen, listen to someone different. Don't need to just listen to me. I know I'm awesome, but listen to someone different as well. But yes. <laughs> so, Robert, it's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to obviously getting an invite to your show. And I'm obviously looking forward to see how your show is going to kind of progress and grow over the next uh, few months sort of thing. It's going to be really exciting stuff for you, mate. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me, Ryan. You have a good day. I enjoy it. Take care. Bye-bye.